0: Welcome to The Crossing Online. We're so glad that you're here. Today we're gonna be taking communion together as a church and we wanna invite you to take this time to gather up any kind of element that you have around your house, whether it's bread or goldfish crackers or a donut and any drink that you have because it's not about the material, it's about remembrance of the sacrifice of our savior. We know this is a difficult time for so many of us. So if you need somebody to pray with you, or if you need help of any kind, you can text I NEED HELP to 31996. Somebody from our care team will reach out to you soon to see how we can help. Today, if you give your life to the Lord, you can text I SAID YES to that same number, 31996. We would love to send you a gift to help you get started on this journey with Christ. And we know we can't necessarily be together in person, but we can be together in community. So we wanna invite you to share this service on your Facebook page by clicking that share button right below this video. Well, again, welcome to The Crossing Online. Let's get ready to worship.
1: Hello, Crossing Church. We're so glad you've joined us for worship. Wherever you're watching in the world, I pray that you would feel the presence of God. Let's sing this out. When I'm in. When I'm in the roughest water, I won't go under, I won't drown. And when I'm in over my head, I know that you won't let me down.
2: For me, you are here For so I know you never leave The Yeah.
0: we declare this morning that no
1: mountain we face no battle that we fight is bigger than you Jesus we lean this morning into your strength come on sing with me there's a table that you've prepared for me in the presence of my enemies it's your body and your blood you shed for me and this is how I fight my battles come on let's sing that again there's a table that you prepared for me the bread
3: about something that has affected the entire planet. Our dependence upon anything other than Jesus and his holy word is going to be shaken. We've just sung, this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, maybe even surrounded by the impact of COVID-19. But the truth is, I'm surrounded by Jesus. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 31, 18, Moses wrote, and the Lord, he is the one that goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. In the New Testament, in Hebrews 13, 5, Paul repeats the same promise. And in Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Now, in this increased season of family time, I don't know who you have sitting at your table But Jesus wants you to hear his voice and let him come in and sit down with you at your dinner table. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.17 that the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Jesus, through his broken body and shed blood, has purchased for each of us liberty. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 11, as often as we do this, we need to remember what he did for us. As we take the bread, which represents his broken body, many things around us may look broken. But Jesus has asked us to remember that he was broken so that everything in our lives could be made whole. Despite the virus, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God. Let's take the bread. Father, thank you that you sent your son, that when things are broke, he's made a way. So as we take this bread, we remember his body was broken so that our bodies, our lives, Everything about us that you've promised in your word can be made whole. Let's take the bread. Finally, the cup. This represents his shed blood and the complete forgiveness of sins. I sense God asking me if I was operating in faith when the pandemic started. The truth is, I wrestled with fear. Fear about Debbie's health, our retirement account, our kids' jobs, just to name a few. Fear is the opposite of faith. So today I receive his forgiveness for entertaining fear during this pandemic. And I declare for all of us that he has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If there's something that you need to ask his forgiveness for, do it now. Receive his forgiveness and let's take the cup. Father, we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. Everything I've ever done, Every attitude I've ever had, every poor action I've ever taken is covered by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus, we just say thank you for forgiving all of our sins and paying the price that none of us could pay. Let's take the cup. Father, we do not forget all your benefits. You forgive all of our sins and you heal all of our diseases and we just say thank you for that in the name of Jesus.
4: I just ask you wherever you're sitting this morning just to bow your heads with me, close your eyes as we reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus made for us whenever he died on the cross, as we reflect on his blood, as we reflect on the crucifixion that coming up this week, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Father, thank you that you are a savior that cares for us. You are a savior that would lay down your own life for us. Father, we're so thankful. We're going to do a song that really ministered to us this week. And I just ask that you just reflect. Just listen to these words. Let them sink down deep into your heart. Thank you, Jesus. If my heart could tell a story.
5: If my life would sing a song.
4: If I have a testimony,
5: if I have anything at all, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. Is. Joy was found.
4: Then my children tell their children,
5: Let this be their. His faithful hand has held me all this And when I'm old and gray, and all my days are numbered but on the earth, let it be. In you alone, my joy was found. Oh, my joy is found. Come is all about you, Jesus. May you be glorified. May you be magnified in this place. Thank you, Father. And everyone
4: said, amen. Amen, amen. But we're so glad that you have joined us online this morning. We're fixing to go into some video announcements, and you can enjoy
0: Jesus is alive, and this is the good news that changes everything. We want to invite you to celebrate Easter weekend online with us here at The Crossing. Join us on April 10th at 7 p.m. for a Good Friday service where we're going to remember the greatest sacrifice the world has ever known. And then join us again on Sunday at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and 12 p.m. as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. We hope to see you there.
6: Hello, my name is Dale Daly and I'm the care pastor here at the Crossing Church. We just wanted to let you know that we are here for you during this time of crisis. This is a safe place for you to connect and to find the help that you need. Only those who are chosen as part of our care team will be in touch with you. Whenever you respond on our text help with, I need help, your response comes directly to me and no one else. Then one of my prayer team members will be connecting with you to speak with you about your request and pray with you. We love you, folks, and we are praying for you. It is our desire to stand with you during these troubling times, and it is our privilege to walk with you through it. I look forward to hearing from you today. Love you, and God bless you.
0: Here at The Crossing, we believe that life is better when we are connected in community, and we'd like to get to know more about you. We invite you to go to our website and click that Connect button right there at the top of the page. Fill it out with as much or as little information as you'd like, and a member from our team will reach out to you this week to see how we can walk through life with you. If you'd like to keep up with us on the go, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm Christine, and please join me in welcoming our senior pastor, Pastor Randy. Good
6: morning. Good morning. I've got to say, this is the first Palm Sunday when we've got uh, t- ten people <laughs> in the auditorium, and we've got a, we've got essential staff here for all the cameras and all the things there, and I. I actually just want to say, without these camera folks all being here, without the technical folks all being here, none of this would be even possible. So just know there's some great, great volunteers here uh, making things happen. And quite honestly, every Sunday, you see me and you see our worship team. This is just a smidgen. Really, we get a lot of accolades that really aren't ours. There's a whole bunch of people making things happen, and that's how the church works the church is just, it's an organism and it's a whole lot of moving parts. And many of you today are sitting at home but you've been doing some great things. Pastor Dale said, hey, give us a call if we can be a help to you. There was a great testimony this week and uh, some, some of our team found uh, somebody that was in need of help. And uh, because of your giving to the Hope Fund, we were able to go and we, uh, this family, we actually got them beds and, and uh, I think a Costco uh, revival and all kinds of things. And it was just a wonderful thing to be able to find a family and some children that needed a whole lot of stuff and to be able to meet that. And we've got several testimonies of things going on. And so I just want to tell you, all of you that are a part of the Crossing Church family that are helping to give, you're you're, you're making a tremendous impact right now. So I do appreciate that. It is Palm Sunday. This Friday at seven now, I do want to tell you this. This Friday at seven is we're going to celebrate Passover and i had an idea actually i've been seeing people do something that i think is a great idea we're not going to all be able to get together here but passover is when the blood of the lamb was 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 painted over the doorpost of homes so that the plague would not come near that home and i want to encourage you and your family to get creative Um, Maybe a a red cloth Maybe one of your children paints something on a piece of paper But uh, maybe you get a a little cross and you paint it red I I don't know Get creative and think about some things you could put over the outside doorpost of your home Front and back door And uh, really just to be symbolic this year to say You know what? As for me and my house, we know this, the blood of the lamb covers our home, and we are trusting God to protect us during this season. And we want to be a witness to everyone who might not have the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. We want them to be able to come and ask, hey, what is that all about? I see it everywhere now. So I just want to encourage you, uh, especially getting ready for this Friday night, Get creative. This is, I mean, goodness, how much TV can you watch? I mean, at this point, you're probably looking for some things to do. So this would be a great time for you to, to uh, have some craft with you and your family and uh, come up with something creative and then take pictures of it and send it to us. We'd love to see it, all right? It is Palm Sunday. This is the Sunday that we celebrate and you can turn to John chapter 12, which is all about Palm Sunday. This is the Sunday that we celebrate that, that, that Jesus came into Jerusalem and uh, we've got actually a handful of people here that brought these palms. He came into Jerusalem on the Sunday morning that would be four days now, five days before his actual crucifixion. And uh, as he came into, in fact, let me just give you a whole run up. We're gonna start in John chapter 12, verse 27. So we're not gonna read a whole lot of it but I gotta set it up so that you understand the day that we're, we're, we're standing in. John chapter 12 starts off in Bethany on Saturday, yesterday, and uh, this is where Mary and Martha and Lazarus live, and Lazarus has been raised from the dead. Mary, here at the beginning of chapter 12, washes the feet of Jesus with an expensive perfume, a little scuttle among the disciples about that whole act there, and uh, then Jesus gets up the next morning, and here's what you need to understand. The Feast of Passover was being prepared for and starting in Jerusalem. And so there's people from everywhere. The food is gonna be great. The music's gonna be great. Some of the people are gonna celebrate it for spiritual reasons. But for the most part, this had simply become a tradition. And, uh, and the people just loved being able to get together. People were coming from everywhere, Jews and non-Jews alike, because of the food and the festivities. And so Jerusalem was bustling. And this is the time when Jesus decided to allow the praise he was worthy of to happen. And so he comes over on a colt. If you read through there, you would see he comes over on a colt. And the people start to throng to to him and they make a parade-like line and begin to wave palms and throw their jackets down. And here's what they're saying as he's coming in. This is Jesus the Christ now coming in. They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. You're the king, you're the king of the Jews, you're our king, Hosanna. And what Hosanna means is save us, save us now. Now, as they're coming through, I do want you to pick up this picture. They're saying, save us now, and they're saying the right thing, but they've got the wrong picture in their heart. They're saying, save us, king, from Rome. And Jesus knows I'm about to be the biggest disappointment for you this week, that you've ever had. Because before the week would end, these same people would say, we have no king but Caesar. In the moment they were standing in, they were saying, we're praying about the moment we're in and our bondage is Rome, Rome is our issue, save us from that. And Jesus is hearing it, but he knows this, man, if you only knew the saving I'm about to do, and if you only knew what it was gonna cost, You're praying little picture, it's big picture to you, but the big picture only I know what I'm doing and I'm the only one that really understands what's happening right now and I'm the only one that knows the great depths and grandness of what I'm doing while you're praying about this one thing. I I wanna say to all of you, right now we're praying against COVID-19 and against financial disaster. That's what we're praying against. I, I want you to know those are symptoms of the thing that God's calling us to pray for. Those aren't the thing. That's what was happening here. Rome was a symptom. They were the symptom of the Jews having turned their backs on God. Rome wasn't the issue, although that's what the people were praying against. The fact that they had turned their backs on God and this was a result, that was the issue. The crux of this Palm Sunday message is gonna be around that. So I wanna just encourage you. In fact, I'll go ahead and tell you the title. The title of this is Praying Under Pressure because we're under pressure. All right, back to the scripture. So Jesus comes through, they have the big parade, he comes into Jerusalem, he finds a resident and goes in and a strange little incident happens here in John chapter 12. Some Greeks who knew that he had raised Lazarus from the dead, some Greeks come to the door and start Talking to Philip and Andrew and some of the disciples, and here's what they say We would love to meet Jesus. Now, understand here, Jesus had come first to the Jews, and a lot of times he wouldn't even speak with Gentiles. He knew that his primary and first assignment was to the Jew first. And so these Gentiles come to the door, they're knocking, they come and talk to Philip and Andrew, and the, and the scripture gets a little weird here because it says Andrew goes and gets Philip or, or vice versa, I'd have to read it. But one or the other, they go and they're a little uncomfortable to come tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, there's some, there's some Gentiles that want to talk to you. And uh, Andrew was saying, you tell him. I know, I'm i not gonna tell him. I, he doesn't look like he's even in a good mood. You, you go tell him. I'm not, well, let's just go together. They go together and they go and say, Jesus, we got company. People everywhere, Jesus. No, we got company. There's some Greeks that uh, they want to meet you, and then it gets weird. Jesus goes off on this kind of soliloquy, and he goes, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone, but if it does, and uh, the disciples are looking at each other like, is that a yes or Jesus, we got, there's Greeks at the door. He does it again. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone, but if it'll go into the ground and die, it can raise up and bear much fruit. These guys still didn't know, and you know what? The Greeks were still at the door. Now, this really isn't my message, but it's hard for me to pass this up because I've been living in John chapter 12 for about a month, and I just keep seeing things. This is becoming a fishing hole for me. You'll understand later. But what, what, what Pastor Henry, what is that all about? Why did he answer that way? Well, the disciples were confused. Those Greeks could be standing there to this day. Who knows? But what he was saying was this. I was sent to the Jews, and in human bodily form, in this form that I'm currently in, I've done all I can do like this to reach the world and what it's gonna take to reach the world isn't a singular Jesus in a singular body with the Spirit of Christ in only one person. The Greeks and the, all the Gentiles are crying out, we'd like to meet Jesus. And I can't meet them all like this. The form I'm currently in has got to change and it's about to. You follow me yet? What he is saying is just like a grain of wheat has to fall into the ground and die, I, the Christ, have got to fall into the ground. I've got to die so that on the day of Pentecost, my spirit can come into the new body of Christ, which isn't one singular person, but it's everybody who names the name of Jesus instead of one grain of wheat trying to do all the work. We become an enormous harvest of people that can do all of this work. And here's what you need to know, on the Friday following this time, Jesus was dying on the cross and ultimately he got around to saying, come on in. He said that to you and me, he said that to those Greeks and we're gonna get to that and I gotta hold it together. We're gonna get to that this Friday so don't miss that service. So while Jesus is thinking and talking in ways deeper than the moment everyone else is thinking and seeing things in, he continues on, and let's, let's pick up right here. This is uh, John 12, verse 27. Jesus speaking, now my soul is deeply troubled. And everybody pause and look right at me. I pull this, and I believe the Holy Spirit gave me this for all of us listening because right now, our soul is deeply troubled. Why is his soul deeply troubled? Here's what he's saying under the pressure. How does Jesus pray under the pressure of what's coming? He says, should I pray? Father, save me from this hour. Get me the heck out of this. Lord, make this all stop. Is that how I should pray? But it's, to this, for, it's for this very reason that I came. And he prays this way, Father, Bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name and I will do it again. When the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder while others declared an angel or spoke again. It's very interesting. Anytime God starts to do something, we find other descriptions of it to make it a little more human and explainable. We're in one of those moments. Then Jesus told him, the voice was for your benefit and not mine. The time for judging the world has come. When Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. And he said these things to indicate the death he would die. And if you continued to read in that, you would see how it began to disturb the people. The people were saying, wait a minute, we know Messiah and King that we read in Scripture that we thought you were can't die. And here we go, confusion again. Only Jesus knew what was going on in that. Why was his soul troubled? And let me just tell you, Jesus knew standing on this Sunday that by Friday he was gonna go through the worst torture and the worst death that any human would ever incur. He knew that he was gonna disappoint everybody around him. They were counting on him fixing this moment. Get me out of this moment. And that's what they were hoping for and that's what was in their mind. And he knew as much as y'all are counting on me right now, I'm gonna disappoint every one of you because what you think is getting, you're getting saved from is not what you're getting saved from my salvation is so much deeper and grander but you cannot grasp what I am up to in this moment and you don't know also that by Thursday night I'm going to be in a kangaroo court with a bunch of religious people mocking me I'll be arrested I'll be tortured and mocked all Thursday night Friday morning I'll go through another couple of kangaroo courts and at 9 a.m. A crucifixion so cruel is going to begin. And here's what you need to know when he says, my soul is trouble. It wasn't because he was being attacked by the devil. It wasn't because of the people. Jesus was doing what you and I fight in times like this. We start to fight ourselves. Here's what he was saying. Man, this has been my prayer. God, there's something on this hour right now. There's something powerful happening right now. I wanna be up for this. I need you, God. This is not a drill. This, this is the real thing. We are there. The salvation of the planet is depending on me standing right under the pressure of this moment. While lots of people don't understand and I'll be misjudged. I can't miss on this one. I have got to get this right. And I have to tell you, my pacing's in this room. Just about every morning is both in dealing with Pastor Reggie dealt with. The fact that you feel fear, that just makes you human. We just don't partner with it. We don't, you're going to feel these anxieties. They're going to rise when it comes to finances and our children. Man, Reggie named off the top ones, man, our, our 401Ks, our retirements, our financing. Gang, we are looking down the barrel, and here's the. Here's, I want you to see this. We're in Palm Sunday like Jesus was and he's looking into what's going to be the worst week he'll ever or any human will ever face. He knows that's in front of him and his soul is troubled. We stand here today and our president and the doctors and that whole task force has told us, Kudlow and all of those, they've said, hey, this is gonna get worse before it gets better. Now I know a good encouraging preacher would try to spin that Uh, I want to shoot really straight with you because I want to shoot straight about the faith we can have because this isn't a play like, act like, be all sweet. We are in the real pressure of crisis right now. And we're in the situation where if God does not move, no president, no economic expert, no doctor can save us from what we are in and we're standing here looking into the pressure. And the, again, the doctor, the president, all of these have said, hey, the numbers. And I, I just am having a hard time grasping. We're at six or 7,000 deaths, which is horrible. But they're saying the next two or three weeks could be, it's going to get worse. And they're, and they're talking of 100,000 to 240,000. That was the estimate. That that's their modeling. That's what their modeling is showing Deaths. And then they follow with this. And if that's what we have, we would consider it good. We've never faced anything like this. I saw Kudlow and uh, some other financial expert talking about the financial. And he's saying, look, it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I don't know if this is psychological preparation. I don't know. And that's the thing, I don't think anybody really knows but one, God. I know this, the pressure we're feeling right now, it's real. And the pressure we're feeling, it's not, I mean, we could fuss at the devil or whatever. I mean, if the devil's around you, beat him up. We're, I'll tell you, we as believers, now I know there's a lot of you that are joining us and you're kind of trying, looking, and I want you to know if you'll hang in here with us. God is in the room with you and you can be saved today, you can join the church. I believe I'm speaking to a lot of Christians right now and I just want you to know, I, I believe this is, I think we're, we're the body of Christ standing in this moment and we're feeling the pressure and the, what, the pressure we ought to feel is what Jesus was feeling. Our soul is troubled, not because of the devil, not because of COVID-19 or financial disaster, those things are stirring stuff. I tell you, my soul is troubled to say, God, we are either the real deal or we are not this either this is either god you are either real or we're about to look as foolish as any humans have ever looked and we're putting ourselves right out here on the line and saying our god is the answer and the pressure is real that we're feeling right now and my prayer is this god make the body the body of Christ, just like the body of Christ there was worried about the torture it was gonna face, the body of Christ is feeling, God, don't let us blink. Let us stay steady. We're gonna have to have faith that others can borrow and a lot of it, God, let me be up for this. Part of it is incredibly exciting. This is incredibly exciting. So I wanna help us, and I again, I, 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 I'm, I'm, anyway, I'm talking to a lot of believers, and I believe that this is the word God gave me. Even if you're not a believer, you can join us in prayer, and I believe God will save your soul. But here's what I want you to hear this Palm Sunday. How can we pray? How are we supposed to stand? How are we supposed to pray? And uh, so here's the first thing. Jesus asked the question, should we pray God heal the symptoms or God heal the problem? Inhale that for a second. He was saying, you guys have said, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, save us from this situation. We're under pressure today, fix me today. And all of us are like that. That's just human nature. Jesus said, should I join them and say, Hosanna, Hosanna, save me from this moment? But for this moment, I was brought. This is not a get out of or go around. This is a go through. Because the glory that God can get if we go through it righteous is so much more than if he saves us from it. I wanna speak to all of you, we're going through. This is a go through, and we're up for it. Just like the body of Christ, we're up for it. Rome was a symptom, and here's what I want you to know. COVID-19, that is not our enemy, that's not our problem. It's a symptom. Financial disaster. I'm telling you, when you see the financial disaster, it's a symptom. Should we pray God fix these things? Absolutely, and and all of us humanly are. And and nothing wrong with that, but in some ways, this is like praying. You know, the COVID-19 virus is coughing. These are the symptoms. Coughing, uh, lung issues, uh, shortness of breath, Fever, chills, uh, those are the symptoms. If you just treat the symptoms, you might get relief from one or the other of them for a day, but you haven't dealt with the problem. This is a shaking of idols that's happening right now. And there's a core reason that God gives us. And, And so I wanna take you to where Jesus, Jesus was praying and he prayed it twice under pressure. Once here on Sunday, Go to Thursday in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays roughly the same prayer. God, get me out. If there's any way, my will is to get out of this. I don't want to be tortured like this, but my will is not what calls the shots here. I surrender my will to you, Lord Jesus. And he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means crushing. It means pressure. That's what the word means, pressing, the place of pressing He was under pressure, we're under pressure and no way to glad tag it or make it sound more, it is what it is and it's it's tough. But there's a beauty to the pressing that happens. It's calling out some stuff out of us that we can't get out of us any other way. Now, God gave us and he's given the world, he's given the church of the world the prayer that we're to pray and you have heard it there hadn't been a preacher not reference it yet it's second chronicles 7 14 i want to take us through that and i want to call us to this prayer at this time but i want to call special attention not to the symptoms to the issue what is it that is the issue and I'll, i'll tell you jesus calls it and he says look This is not a Rome issue. This is a glory issue. It's a glory issue. Pastor, what in the world? That's a churched up word, glory. We don't use it very, glory. Here's what it means. When it's an adjective, speaking about the glory of God, it means the evidence of his presence. It's wonderful. But when it's a verb, we glorify him, it means this, we give him credit that is his, and we stop taking credit for things that are his credit. That's it, that's it. Do you know that that Satan, the original sin, was a glory sin? Satan was created with all this beauty, all this gift, all this talent, great worship, talent and gift and strength and brilliance of leadership and given all these accolades and it but he got but God is the one who gave them to him the credit for that he got to be that person but the credit for being him went to God Satan Lucifer said you know what I'm this good, I'm this good looking because I cut my hair this way, and because of the way I work out, and because of the way I dress, and I shop at Nordstrom or I shop at wherever, because of how I, I do that. And I've taken singing lessons and I can play because I spend time in the. He started saying to himself, I want the glory for who I am. And just that quick, just that quick, Jesus said this. I saw Satan fall so it's so fast, he fell like lightning. Just that quick at the reaching for glory that was not his, God said, you go down. And a third of the angels went with him. All sin ultimately finds, it's, you can call it pride, you can call it self-exaltation, it finds a lot. But all of it is is a competing with God for credit that is his. And of all things, when, and, and listen to me, The church now is called to be responsible to restore credit to God that we've actually competed with him for, okay? When we come to this passage, now and again, I I, I referenced Luke 17, 17, 19. This is where Jesus healed 10 lepers and only one of them returned to give him glory. And here's what he asked. So Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine? Were not uh, any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said this to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made your well. Look at that story. Pastor, why is that significant? Jesus was saying, I did all of this, and yet only one person returned out of the 10 to give me credit. He's, he's not an insecure, thin-skinned person who's looking to put a bunch of plaques on the wall and a bunch of banquets in his honor. That's not why he does it. It's because he's owed that credit. He's owed it. When God does something, he wants us simply to say, thank you, you did that. It is human nature. It is human nature. The, the, the nine, we're all more like the nine than the one the nine that were healed of leprosy that Jesus did for them, once things are going good, there's something in the human nature that goes right back into default mode, which is this. Where else am I worthy of something? I must have earned that somewhere. I must have been a good person. Something. When things are good, we tend to forget who made things good. We are sitting right in the middle of that situation right now and across the world now, there's an organization, I believe it's called Pray 714, but Gateway Church, many of the churches are being called, and we're all praying this one prayer, and I believe it's by the Spirit that we're called to pray this one prayer in this pressure moment. Hear me, gang, hear me. This isn't just church, just pray. The, this isn't just some go-through-the-routine. We are in a make-or-break moment. This planet is under enormous pressure and there is no president nor council that can get us out of this if God does not move. Many, many, many will die, and financial ruin will take us to places we've never dreamed of. I'm not saying that to be a threat. I'm trying to tell you this isn't business as usual. Our God has to show up, and he's told us how, and he's not going to play church, so we can't play church. The prayer that he's called us all to is 2 Corinthians 7, 13, He says this, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence, and that would be plagues or sickness or whatever, and again, don't trip over, did he send it or did he allow it? You know, it's here. He could have stopped it, and he hasn't. He's up to something. When you see these things happening, here's the big if, if, if my people who are called by my name, that would be all of us who name the name of Jesus, if my people would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal all their land. I want you to notice that in this prayer, he doesn't say if my people would pray against the locusts or if my people would pray against the drought or against the pestilence, nothing wrong with that. But he's saying, these are symptoms. I want you to get back in alignment with me. That's the problem. If we go to the problem, the symptoms will, will, will be done away with. There's, there, there's, a, there's something more than the symptoms going on. So this is probably review for many of you, but I just felt so compelled. If my people would first, listen, all you church people, Humble themselves, if they would humble themselves. Humble yourself. What, what does that mean, Pastor? I mean, look sad. Here's the deal. Stop trying to take credit. Stop trying to take credit. What does that look like among believers today? How, how could this be an offense to God? When you have you know, 60, 70, 100 years of peacetime, and I mean spiritual peacetime, we get bored and we start trying to be a little better than our Christian brother over here who's got a nuanced theology that's a little different than ours. So we get together with our people who are a little bit, what we're doing, we start self-exalting over the stupidest, dumbest things. Comparing each little church and each little group in our little pocket, we're the ones that have it all together right. And you don't realize it, but it's a subtle thing in the name of righteousness of taking glory and trying to get glory and exalt self in the name of some righteous something. And all's it is, Jesus said this way, beware of the leaven of the Pharisee. Leaven. You know what leaven, you know what the Pharisees did? They tried to referee everybody's life. They tried to referee everybody's behavior, everybody's doctrine. They were referees, and they thought, because of their arrogance, they thought they were, they were leveraging the name of God and his word to do it in how subtly evil it was. This leaven has crept into the evangelical church. And we have spent years writing books and having full-on two-hour radio programs dissecting the minutiae in men and women of God and finding some kind of entertainment value of discrediting men and women of God as if there's anything but flesh that God indwells. There's not one preacher that I couldn't find fault with at the same time find what God is doing in their life. And you could easily come into my life and do exactly the same, big deal. Thank God he uses flesh and blood. The whole bunch of this is on its way and it will not make it to the truth. Thank God this flesh is gonna die and burn because I can't get it right. Nonetheless, The spirit of the living God is upon me. When you see God in a life, you point at it and say, regardless of all the other things I can point at, and it is not a lot of brilliance to point and find fault, but this is leaven. Our God is after this, not looking for us to judge those who aren't saved, to judge the world, He's not even looking for you and me to judge the church. He's looking for you and me to bow our knee and judge me. Humility says, it's me, God. It isn't my brother and my sister. It's me. We reach for credit. I just got to encourage you. Reach for a towel, not a microphone. Reach for feet, not for hands to applaud you is so real. Now, I know some of you could go, oh, that's a tweetable statement. Stop all that. This is real. I have such a fear that some of you are gonna listen to this like you've listened for the last 20 years with religious, churched, overly churched ears and know when to say amen and when to bow your knee and when to go through the motions and it not hit your heart. I got a wonderful, wonderful thing that's happening in my heart. I'll just tell you, I'm as Routine as anybody else, and it calluses my heart like anybody else. But I've got to tell you how excited I am. The pressure of this Gethsemane moment is crushing some of that routine and that go through the motions off of it, and the and the the residence of the imminent threat that's upon us, and knowing that God is our hope, it is doing something really wonderful in me. I am finding it really easy to humble myself and say, God. Man, of all the go through the motions and say the right thing and do the right twist and all, oh, praise God. When Jesus said we've done all we can do in this form and I can't win the world like this, I wanna say to the church of Jesus Christ, this has gone as far as it's gonna go. It's done what it's gonna do. And God is saying, you know what? If you'll invite me back, I'd like to take the steering wheel again. And I promise you, you can count on me. Humble yourselves. I'm I'm intense, but please hear me. I'm talking more to me than anybody else. Humble. We don't need credit. We don't need credit for anything. But pastor, listen, give honor to where honors due. You're gonna do a whole bunch of things you're never gonna get credit for. It's It's just in us to reach for it. We wanna be noticed. No, I get it, I get it. Me too, me too. But right now, we've overindulged in trying to take credit. Listen, I'll just encourage you. Anytime... At any time, you can give credit to God. Even if you don't even know if he he did it, you give it to him. You drive up to your house. You drive up to, thank God that that you've given me that house. You did that, God. The salary I have, you did that. My finances, you did that. Humble yourself. When we, okay, enough. I'm fired up. Pray. Humble yourselves, pray. Pray, it just simply means this, and we do pretty good at this one what he's saying here is not so much give me a lot of words but just align with my will align with my spirit i mean yes what you say is important thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven it's important i'm spending the least time on this i just want you to hear this god's just wanting his church to come back into alignment all the symptoms will go away if we will come back into alignment humble yourselves pray seek my face seek my face what does that mean? Part of what I just described. Give you this testimony: you know, When I was seven years old, I gave my life to Christ. I grew up in an atmosphere that was—we um, stayed very aware of the sinful carnalness of our flesh, of a hell that my flesh was deserving of. And you know, up until my teenage years, I remember coming to the altar of my teenage years and the beauty of going to church camp was it wasn't church routine you weren't on the clock it wasn't three songs and this man it was it was full contact you know god sport where you I, I met with god I'll just say it that I met with god and I met his face because I was so aware of my sin When I looked in his face, I did see God, the judge who would ultimately judge, but I also saw saw the God of mercy. I saw all-powerful, and there was no kidding. He's all-powerful. Jesus said, don't fear man who can kill your body. Fear God who can kill your body and send your soul to hell. And that's harsh, and that's that stuff you pass over, and me too. But when I look in the face of God, he's not just one-dimensional. He is grace, and he's truth. But here's the deal. I'm freshly saved freshly aware of him, when I worship and when I come to church and when I I practice what I practice, it isn't in response to anything but him. I'm responding to him. Right now I'm thinking, God, thank you that you're all powerful. That's his face, that's him. Thank you that you're all powerful. I'm worshiping right now and I'm thinking right now and I'm praying right now because the God who provides, the God who provides He's my provision and I look in his face and I'm not looking to the government or the IRS or Kudlow, nor Kudlo, nor the Congress to do another 2.2 trillion. I'm not looking to them. I'm looking to the face of the only one. I'm looking to him. And wherever and however you met God, at some point all of this was fresh and when you worshiped, it wasn't in response to the worship team or a worship song, or the church lights just right, or the volume high or low, or you had a parking place, or it was long enough or short enough, you didn't respond, you didn't need somebody to help try to pound your chest to get down to where that nerve ending used to be that you had when you were freshly saved. Again, it's just routine. Uh, listen, it's all just human nature. Please don't take this as condemnation. It's human nature. When things are good, We stop responding to his face and his person and his presence and we actually just start responding to church. Respond, hey, I like that song. I respond to that song. Hey, they didn't sing my song. You know what, when you're responding to his face, it really doesn't matter what song is sung. In fact, it doesn't matter if you're in this building, and I think what we're being taught right now, it doesn't matter when you're in this building. If you're responding to church, it matters. If you're responding to his face, it don't matter. You can be in your car, you can be in a ditch, it don't matter where you're at. Because what I'm responding to, my worship is in response to him, not outside stimuli. We tracking? This This is what God is saying. Guys, y'all have competed for my glory in the church and become so spoiled and hard-hearted. We're in a Gethsemane right now, but here's the beautiful thing about Gethsemane. It crushes. It crushes. You know, again, I gotta tell you, the callousness that I know of my own heart that's just from routine, just going through the motions. I mean, you mean it at first. I was raised in churches where God moved and one lady would stand up and clap and another one would shout and then she'd shut down and they'd switch places. And, but you know what? After about the 14th year of every Sunday night, at this point, it's just learned behavior. It's not in response to a person, God. You're just responding to a church atmosphere and we lose contact with the point of it all. He's the point of it all. He's the point of it all. I don't give credit to Congress for our economy. I don't give credit to to President Trump. I think he's doing a fantastic job. I really, I'm praying for him, but please, please hear. And I know to even call his name. We ain't, yeah, I won't get into it. Save the email, just trust me, okay? I'm for him. I wanna see them do well. But he doesn't get credit for our economy. Man, for you know, probably until about 50 years ago, we said things like, the blessing of God is on this nation. We gave him credit. Man, we started in the 60s and 70s. We started going, you know what? We'll take a little of that credit. Look how smart we are. Look how pretty we are. Look how strong we are. Look at all of our business you know, acumen. Look how brilliant we are. And then we started taking credit for creating the world away from him. We started taking credit even for our churches look we're, we're strong because we go to the right conferences and we got the right structures and all of these things in place we can do this without you God And I'm telling you I don't know where the breaking point is it's a little randiology but I think there's some point where the credit that should be going to him where man just starts self-indulging on it and saying look what I've done look what I've done there's some point and we're at it where God goes enough enough for your safety and for my glory, when Jesus said, In this moment, am I praying, get me out of it? No, I'm saying, God, get glory. Yes. Let me get the glory back to you. That's our problem. Take your glory. My prayer for all of us right now God, forgive us for competing with you for your glory. We've participated. Sort of innocently. But we want to get back to glory giving. And even if there's glory that comes my way, I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. This sermon you're hearing, if you think it's worthy of some, save it. It's him. Anything good. If there's anything good, all Good and perfect gifts—they come down from someplace, and it's not us. From the Father above, we seek His face, respond to His face. God, let the pressure of this turn us, and turn from your wicked ways. Beauty of of the Gethsemane pressure was that a multi-ton stone would take a beautiful round green grape and crush it. And if you could imagine hundreds and hundreds of these olives, I said grape, these olives, green olives, crushed, they were a mishmash of ugly and awful and uh, and who would touch that? And they would roll that stone around, crushing those olives there in Gethsemane, because here's the deal, the really valuable stuff the oil couldn't be gotten out of it as long as the flesh was all in one piece. Had to be crushed. Because the olive, it's not fuel, but the oil is. The olive isn't used for medicinal reasons, but the oil is. The oil is where the value is, it's the essence. It's not a lot in every olive. But it's where the value is, down to the essence of what's important. Gang, when it says we turn from our sin, I encourage all of you, believers, I know I'm under a work right now. It's not a condemning thing. It excites me. Yes, you know, sins of lust and greed and dishonesty and all those. Yes, turning from your wicked way, it means those. But I've got to tell you, those are more symptoms than than issues. I tell you, as I've been walking and praying, the Holy Spirit raises things in me. One of them is just idolatry. Again, idolatry is when you give credit to something or someone for doing something that actually is God's credit. The wrath that's upon this planet, passive wrath be it, nonetheless, God is calling idols and idolatry in the check. He has blessed our finances and I wanna encourage you. Economic brilliance, thank God for it. Thank God for a president that understands business. I really do appreciate it and I appreciate the work that they're doing. I also recognize they're just human and I also realize the blessing on this nation and the blessing on our lives. Nobody gets the credit, not me or not you. God gets the credit for that. And I want you to know for everybody who set your faith in God's provision, there may be a death of your finances now, but you can count on it. Sunday will come for your finances. There will be a resurrection for those who have entrusted their financial life and said, I'm not my provision anyway. So, God, this problem is yours. I have trusted you and I'm counting on you, and you need to know, Jesus went to the grave. Jesus didn't raise himself from the grave. He had to count that God would show up on day three. Now, that's faith. Now, some of us are going into this time right now, and you are gonna watch your 401Ks, and you're gonna see it and think, my God, it's dying. If you've put your your trust, not in an idol, in the God of provision, He will raise you back up. You can take it to the bank. There's all kinds of bitternesses and unforgivenesses and things I'm finding I didn't even know was here. And, you know, repent of your sin and just throw yourself down and beat yourself up and come up with all kinds of things that are wrong with you. That's not hard to find that stuff. It's really a posture of saying, Holy Spirit, where my pride and my self-exaltation has taken root, and I've, I've leveraged your great name to do it for myself. I wanna lay myself down and say, God, please, crush it. Crush it. The pressure of this situation, it's helping me. I love it, and I, I, I don't love what's happening, but I love, there's a good, godly pressure, this Gethsemane we're being squeezed, it's causing me to get rid of the fake it, and perform it, and act like it, and impress somebody, it's causing me to get down to just one face that I wanna look at, because that's the only one I really count on. I love everybody, but I, I, in this moment, this isn't about you know, political correctness, or church correctness, or making anybody happy, or pacifying anybody's delicate feelings. This is about looking to God to say, God, How can I get the glory that is yours? How can I get it back to you? You're the only one that matters. We, the church, bow our knee. We take on the the direction that you called us to pray. Yes, we wanna see COVID-19 and financial destruction. We we pray against those things, but we're going to the source. We wanna realign ourselves with you, God. I wanna pray for you. And uh, first of all, I'll pray for anybody that maybe you watched it or hung in here and I believe God, what you're sensing in your room or in your couch or in your bedroom, it's God the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with me talking or it's God because God is close and near to us right now and he's near to you and he wants to save you right now. That's that feeling you're sensing right now. How do I get to this God? I'll just tell you. You just call out to God and say, God, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he is the savior and the son of God. And I'm confessing to you, I don't know you, but I wanna know you. And I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. I confess I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you. And I ask your forgiveness. I receive Jesus. I receive Jesus Christ. I don't know a lot about him, but I know he's my savior. I cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna this Palm Sunday. Save me, save me now. And I mean, save my soul. God, I give you my life. Please save me and save my family. I give you my life, I surrender. Gang, as you watch me right now, I believe many of you are praying that prayer. And I want you to know God heard you. It's no more complicated than that. There is a number that you can text on your screen there, and I just encourage you, take advantage of that. There's somebody that could help you and comfort you. If you need help in any other way, Text that number as well. I wanna pray with, with everybody now, the the challenge I just gave you, and I want you to know, I, I, when I was praying in this room several weeks ago, I, I heard God speak to me and he said, man your battle station. This is not a drill, this is not a drill. This is a real thing, it is on. I call you, saints, to, to repent, not." Beat yourself up, I mean, allow the Holy Spirit to raise within you idols, self-exalting, pettiness, confess. Let's get our eye back on the ball. Let's get our eye back on the face of our God. Let's see his face and live in response to him, not all this stuff going on around us. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we humble ourselves and we pray and we seek your face. We seek your face of grace and mercy. We seek your face of both grace and truth, of firmness, of discipline, and of fatherly kind eyes. You are God, our provider, God of our peace, God, our healer, You, God, deserve the credit for this particular nation and all we've ever had that's blessings. It is all because of you. God, you have blessed this nation. We return to you the full credit. It is not the bickering over that credit between Republicans and Democrats and all the craziness that we've participated in. We repent. That credit belongs to you and to you alone the blessing and favor on this nation, it is because of Jehovah God, and we turn our hearts to your face to say, it's your glory. God, for us as churched people, performing, we've actually competed for your glory, ignorantly, but Lord, we give you all the glory. As Jesus prayed, we don't pray, rescue us, We pray, God, get your glory back. However, we can participate in realignment. We humble ourselves and make ourselves very pliable. And God, we trust you. We trust you. I thank you that just like there's a death happening in this nation, there is a resurrection. I ask you, God, our prayer is this. We do pray for a resolution. I pray specifically for these words that our president who's doing just as good as he can do, and he's got godly counsel around him, I pray we would hear with his lips, it was God who rescued our economy. And Kahat saved our nation. I ask that you would resolve this in a way where the glory that's been withheld from you that it would be restored and God let your church lead the way we are your glory givers and it is our great privilege to get back into that posture and align with you and we do pray stop this disease halt this financial calamity but only when you've accomplished everything you want to accomplish in the grander plan. And use us. Let us stand the test of this. I pray, God, over your people. I bless this Palm Sunday right now in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, you are at work, and we surrender to your work. Have your way. These things I pray. Bless this week, this Good Friday, this Easter. Glorify yourself. Receive your glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Hey, we love you. God bless you. You guys have a great day.
0: What an incredible message from our senior pastor, Pastor Randy. If you'd like to share this message with your friends, you can do that by clicking the share button right below this video. If you need help or prayer of any kind, you can text I NEED HELP to 31996 and somebody from our care team will reach out to you soon to see how we can help. If you gave your life to the Lord, you can text I SAID YES to that same number 31996. We would love to send you a gift to help you get started on this journey with Christ. If this was your first time joining us, we would love to get to know more about you. So we wanna invite you to go to our website and click that connect button right there at the top. Fill it out with as much or as little information as you'd like and somebody from our team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. Well, thank you so much for joining us at The Crossing Online. We'll see you soon.